0: baxter in the morning
1: all right good morning arkansas your morning show is on the radio good morning kelly perry good morning brandon baxter here we are today is wednesday it's january the 12th of 2022 i still now that i hear myself in my headphones i don't think i sound all the way normal yet
2: you know i i'm not either i still feel like i have the sinus pressure does anybody sound normal right now? No. I think everybody I'm, I've talked to is either sick, been sick, feels like they're getting sick, or yeah.
1: whatever. So it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, we have multiple people here at work. Uh, I don't think anybody currently has tested positive, like as of effective mm-hmm. today, even though we had some last week. But we did have another coworker who went in for a test because uh, this coworker was convinced that they had COVID. And they got, you know, they did the whole battery of tests, like what happened to me and what happened to Kai, where they're like, okay, we're going to test you for this COVID and that COVID, and we're going to give you a flu test and a strep test. And all his stuff came back negative, too. And they basically said, hey, you just have a cold.
2: And you know what? That's good. All of that's so good that you just have a cold. But there is something so frustrating about going, what?
1: Yeah. I,
2: I feel like this, and it's a cold. It's not strep. It's not the flu. What?
1: Right. It's you almost, almost like you're be mad. Tall. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I came in here for just just a cold.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: But we're being told that right now, Omicron can feel like a cold. Mm-hmm. So for my first time in uh, something like thirteen or fourteen days, I had the chance to do a little exercise yesterday.
2: Oh gosh, how was it?
1: You know what? Like the first part was uh, the struggle to try to get back in the groove. But like once I got the endorphins going and my body started moving, it felt so good to be active again. So because I've been so lazy. How long was your workout? What'd you do? About an hour weights. little bit of walking and then the weights and I felt so good afterward I'm like oh my gosh I missed this and it's not necessarily the exercise it's the way that you feel afterward yeah I worked out too did you
2: yeah I did 10 push-ups and I sat up once
1: oh that one sit up (laughs) and that was just getting out of bed so congratulations to Kelly she's looking super fit this morning thanks it's not a matter of how you look it's really about how you feel more so than anything else And those
2: 10 push-ups made me feel really good so I feel
1: great drop down and give me 10 right now let me see how they go uh no are you one that uh, puts your knees down?
2: Um I like to do the first as many as I can, which is typically a lot, yeah. like uh, the male kind of quote push sure, up. Yeah. And then um if I have to if you know, if I start getting weak, I do put my knees down and try to like max out, just keep going as yeah. much as I can.
1: How flat is your back? Where is your booty in the air?
2: No, I was a PE teacher. We so have booty to low? teach, yeah. You got to keep that la-
1: uh, low. All right. So today, again, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, January the 12th, it's National Pharmacist Day. So if you know a pharmacist, we have a lot of nice pharmacists Mm -hmm. around here who talk to us when we go in uh, different places. Uh, It's National Curried Chicken Day, National Take the Stairs Day. So if you have the option to do the elevator or the stairs, take the stairs. Or it could be you're like me and you're kind of nervous around (laughs) elevators. You're going to take the stairs anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also Kiss a Ginger Day today. So uh, you can do that as Mm -hmm. well. What did you owe that for?
2: Just have well, somebody
1: in mind. Actually,
2: when my son was born, yes. um, I thought he was going to be redheaded. Really? Yeah. Like I went. Yeah, I thought. He was gonna, and then as he got older, like it kind of turned into like a strawberry
1: blonde or whatever.
2: But um, I thought I, I, I had a ginger at first.
1: Wait, what's his hair color now? You still consider it like a hint of red? Well, it's it's blonde. It's real blonde to me.
2: It's it's blonde. Yeah. But he did have a hint.
1: A little strawberry as a kid. Huh? Yeah.
0: Let's throw
2: one back on this day in
0: country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: So the year was 1991. And Garth Brooks had the number one song in country music on this day.
0: Sometimes I think God For unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking the man who stares at just because he doesn't answer Doesn't mean he don't care Some of God's greatest gifts
1: Are unanswered
0: prayers
1: 31 years ago today, this was the number one song in country music
0: She wasn't quite
3: the angel I
0: remembered in my dreams And I could tell the time changed me
3: In her eyes to it seemed We tried to talk about the old days There wasn't much we could recall I guess the
4: Lord
0: knows what he's doing
4: after all
0: It's Garth Brooks
5: I looked at my wife
1: And then and there I thank the good Lord For the gifts in my life Still one more time. Garth Brooks.
3: Sometimes I thank God
0: For unanswered prayers Remember when you're talking To the man upstairs And just because he may not answer Sir doesn't mean he don't care Some of God's greatest gifts Are unanswered Some of God's greatest gifts Are all too often unanswered Some of God's greatest gifts
1: Are unanswered prayer. It's Garth Brooks unanswered prayers. Number one on this day in nineteen
0: ninety-one. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: i doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It's January the 12th and y'all as always, (laughs) Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for ya.
2: Good morning Arkansas.
1: Brandon
0: Baxter in the mornings, gotcha gossip.
1: All right, gotcha gossip today on Jamie Lynn Spears and her big sister, Brittany. Lips, All right, tell me what you think about this. Jamie Lynn Spears is going to be on Good Morning America today mm. talking about Brittany.
2: Y'all, just stop.
1: So, That's how I feel. Just stop. I know. I kind of feel the same way because I've had the chance to meet Jamie Lynn and she was really, really sweet and mm. really, really normal. Um, but so the deal is she's going to be on GMA and she talks about how she loves her sister, but things have gotten complicated, obviously as the little sister, she's been trapped in between Brittany and her parents, mm-hmm. which is a bad spot for her. Uh, they're going to talk about what caused the problems and why Brittany's kind of lashed out at Jamie Lynn a couple of different times. All the while Jamie Lynn's promoting her new book, Mm-mm. which comes out on the 18th of January. All
2: right. You, I was okay with it until
1: you said that. until the book part. Mm hmm. That's probably part of it because Britney's probably going, What's she about to say? She's going to try to profit from the problems. But Jamie Lynn Spears speaking out today about her big sister, Britney. Got you gossip today on Post Malone.
0: What
1: you got on Post Malone?
2: It's been a couple of years since Post Malone released an album. It was Hollywood's Bleeding. It was back in 2019. Well, he's got one ready to go now, but apparently he doesn't know when it's coming out. So it's finished. It's done. Right? But his manager Dre London hyped him up on Instagram, saying that their sync and energy is always on an insane level. The album has been done. We ready but it seems like Republic Records and Universal isn't. Post Malone's manager continued by asking fans to quit pressing them for new music, that they have it, it's done, they've done their part, but he also called out the label, telling them to get their business together so they can release the next big album. So Post Malone running into a few challenges of being able to release his new album, but promises it's ready to go as soon as the record company takes care of business.
1: All right, got your gossip today on Snoop Dogg. When the pimps Uh in the crib, ma,
2: drop it it like it's... Tom,
1: Drop it like, it like a time. Time. Drop it like, Drop it like a time. Time. The P- So Snoop Dogg is is like I mean hard. he's everywhere mm-hmm. and he's pop culture at this point. He's not even on the fringe of pop culture and the crazy guy who does rap music. Like everybody loves Snoop Dogg, right? He hangs
2: out with Martha Stewart.
1: Yeah, I mean enough said right, right. there. Uh, and the stuff he's been endorsing for years is now legal in a lot of places. <laughs> right. So uh, Snoop Dogg is about to launch his uh, a new brand, a part of his empire. Uh, They filed trademarks in December for Snoop Dogs, and they're saying that, yeah, Snoop Dogs, D-O-G-G-S, and they're saying the plan is to launch a brand of hot dogs. Mm -mm. Snoop Dogg Hot Dogs.
2: (laughs) He has wine, too, so you can get Snoop wine. You can get Snoop Dogs.
1: This is awesome. Hey, the Snoop Dogg wine, I've actually purchased that before. Really? I can't remember the is it actually his his wine or the one with him on the cover of like the, the bottle of
2: it? I don't know if it's his, but he's on the cover. Yeah,
1: so that's the one I bought. And and like it was a really good wine. So we had Snoop Dogg bottles <laughs> in our house, like on some as decor and stuff. Hmm. So
2: nice. anyway,
1: we're not exactly sure on the Snoop Dogs and when they're gonna be released, but it does look like a new product is coming soon from Snoop D O Double G. <laughs> be careful though, if you put those on the grill. And you take them off too soon, you might drop them. You don't want to drop them while they're hot.
2: Oh, my gosh. No.
1: (laughs) And, of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip.
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: So the TSA has put out a list of the craziest things they found uh, at TSA checkpoints and airports (laughs) last year. Okay. Some of these, I'm like, who goes through the TSA? Trying to carry this stuff, okay? Some of them include in uh, Syracuse, New York, somebody tried to take fireworks on the plane.
2: Come on. Can we interview these people?
1: Who does that?
2: I just want to, yeah. Can we, and that's all we would say is, who does that? And they would just say, well, like, what's, what was the, the, the thinking? On More than this?
1: likely, because a lot of times these things are kind of innocent. And people are like, oh, I just bought these and I was going to take them home for my kids. I wasn't going to put them, you know, I wasn't going to light them in the middle of the plane. Yeah. But you do have the concern. Like, what if they did? Can you imagine being stuck in one of those flying tubes and all of a sudden somebody's shooting off bottle rockets or something?
2: (laughs) Black (laughs) hats.
1: I mean, I'd be done. They say at uh, Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C., somebody had a machete.
2: Okay. I mean, unless you went, like, overseas and, like, it was some type of... um like you, it's a collector's item. Yes. And it was in a special sleeve or something. I don't know.
1: A much, who has a machete? I they don't know. Who just has know. a machete? I don't know. You know what I think I'm going to go buy today? I'm going to go buy a machete. Uh, they say that in Florida, somebody tried to take bear spray onto a plane.
2: Bear spray.
1: Yeah. Somebody in Pennsylvania had a cleaver. I'm not talking beaver. Uh, somebody <laughs> in Somebody in Texas at Hobby International Airport had what they called a meth burrito. They had a burrito, and on the inside of it, they had tucked in some meth. Man, they who finds that? Good work. <laughs> At Newark International Airport, they found a pistol. Uh, in New Jersey, they found bullets that were in deodorant. Like, somehow they had taken apart the deodorant, and they hid the bullets in the deodorant. But it's metal. You're going through TSA.
2: Brandon, if you're the person that has to say... Excuse me, sir. Could you step to the side after you found like a bullets? pistol or a bullets? What would you do?
1: I'd be freaking out.
2: You would make you would make someone else at work
1: there go approach them, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably get some girl get fired. So get fired. Go work on this one. Uh, also, this is, this happened in New Orleans, and I've flown into this airport. Somebody had a chainsaw. No, they were trying to take on. through TSA. <laughs> come yeah. On. They say 5,700 firearms were picked up at checkpoints in 2021, the highest number in a single year since the inception of the TSA. Wow. I'll never forget. I was flying out of Memphis one one morning, and uh, it was one of those really early morning flights because they were the most affordable. So, like, you have to get to the airport at, like, 430, right? And there's barely anybody in there, and nothing's open on the inside. There's a couple of people checking, but somehow TSA is backed up, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's all these different people who are trying to get in for those really early morning flights, And I saw these guys who were up there at the TSA, and there was a little bit of an issue in in the line in front of me. And I saw one guy walk through the TSA, the the scanner thing, and go to the other side. Like, there was a rope kind of toward the middle. And another guy handed a package over to the guy after the guy had walked through the the, the gimmick, right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing terrorism. Oh my, I'm seeing terrorism. You're seeing what? Terrorism. So as I was watching this, I'm like, okay, surely they'll get on a different plane. Kelly. In front of you. Same plane. (laughs) That is so you. And I'm sitting here going, do I tell them that I saw them passing stuff around the scanners? See something, say something. I know maybe I should have. Oh gosh, I failed.
2: Yeah, you did. You failed
1: America. I apologize to America for my actions (laughs) in 2015.
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: There's a bride who uh, had an idea that um, she didn't want her wedding to be ruined. Of course, no one wants your wedding to be ruined. Right. So she decided the best thing that she could do was try to go out and intentionally try to catch COVID because she figured if she went out and got COVID, that it wouldn't have the chance to ruin her wedding if she went out and got it early. I don't know if that's
2: the best way to look at it.
1: That's what the doctors and scientists are trying to say. Hey, maybe you don't want to go out and try to get COVID because you don't really know what your body's reaction is going to be. You don't know about long COVID and stuff like that.
2: And what does she look like in the moment she is trying to get COVID?
1: Like, how do you go out and try to get it, right? Are you
2: going to a movie theater and you're you're just sitting in there with a packed theater and you're you're... Breathing, like what do you? What is she trying to do? Sitting in a in a parked car with someone that just tested positive.
1: She's waiting for people to test positive, then she hangs out with them.
2: She's Uber driving people as they come out of the the hospital as they're testing. I don't know.
1: It's just a really it's a weird thing. But there are some people online who get it, and they're going, "Oh yeah, like they've they've sunk a lot of money into the wedding." And let's say you you put ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars into a wedding, mm-hmm. you don't want it to be to be postponed or canceled because the bride got COVID. I completely get the deal, but at that point, shouldn't you go and like just get vaccinated and wear your mask? Yeah,
2: it's a lot, and I to, I do I do get it, I do, but that's that's kind of going
1: a little far. Probably not the best way yeah. to handle that, but a true story out of Australia this morning.
4: I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know
1: it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy.
0: And people are crazy.
2: So some criminals get their weapons on the black market. Others just go to their local, um... Hobby Lobby store.
1: What? Hobby
2: two, Lobby? Uh-huh. How do you two, say that? Two female roommates in Florida were arrested after allegedly perpetrating a glitter attack on a male victim. According to police, 29-year-old Sarah Franks and 27-year-old Caitlin O'Donovan were standing outside of a man's residence at 3 a.m. and began arguing with him while he was standing on his fenced balcony. Well, it's unclear what they were arguing about, but they began throwing glitter at him. What? Uh, one of the women jumped the fence and threw more glitter then she made her way into his apartment opened the front door so the other woman could enter and then they threw more glitter at him (laughs) like who carries glitter around to throw like are they are they elementary teachers they just happen to have that in their back their back seat what
1: like how much glitter do you have to carry
2: Uh, apparently they they had a lot of it that's weird well both roommates were hit with felony uh, charges of burglary with assault or battery with glitter yeah
1: yeah, that was worth it.
2: Well, speaking of using glitter as a weapon, did you know that they actually stopped manufacturing glitter in 1972?
1: Ooh, no, I didn't know that. We
2: just haven't gotten it out of everything yet. <laughs> and there's even more proof
1: that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people?
2: Let's do it.
1: Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Uh, happy better. birthday. Happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday for. to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, January the 12th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Jeffrey McDonald of McCrory, who celebrates today. Rocky Weitz from Wynn. Kristen Vaughn of Hot Springs is celebrating James Allen. In Rector, Libby Morrison of Batesville. Laney Blankenship of Paragould turns 19 today. Hannah Logan of Jonesboro celebrates, as does Chad Barncoat of Paragould. So happy birthday. And if you have a birthday today, We say this, we say Happy happy Birthday birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities.
2: The star formerly in one direction, Zayn Malik, is twenty-nine today.
1: Happy birthday, Zayn! Maggie Malik, 29 today. Dina Cortez from Jersey
2: Shore is 35 today. Happy birthday to Melanie Chisholm, who is 50 oh 48 today, yeah. and you may know her from The Spice Girls. I'll tell you what I want, what I really,
1: really want. So tell me what you want. I'll tell you
6: what I want, what I really, really want. do so so tell, tell
7: me
1: what you, what want, you want, what you really really, really, really want.
2: I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really. really
1: Happy birthday, Happy birthday to Sporty y- Spice, y- who celebrates today.
2: Happy birthday to Heather Mills McCartney, who is 54. That's Paul McCartney's ex, who was once on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Keith Anderson is 54 today.
1: That's one of his songs. Here's another one. I've talked to friends, talked to myself, talked to God, I pray like him. Hell- Keith Anderson, 54 today.
2: Happy birthday to Howard Stern, who is 68 today. Happy birthday to Ricky Van Shelton, who is 70.
0: All you gotta do is keep it between the lines. Ricky Van Shelton,
2: 70 years old today. Kirstie Alley is 71 from Cheers, and look who's talking. And happy birthday today to William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys, who is 83. My baby is American babe. Hey. Born and bred in the, the USA. USA.
0: From Michigan on there
1: to the Oak Ridge long Boys.
0: Thank
7: God, if there's magic for a while. A special kind. Of oh, you feel this one. A smile. Do you ever stop and think?
1: or wonder why. Here we go. Truth right here. The newest thing to heaven is a child. William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys.
3: Well, I'm singing Elvira. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Elvira. My heart, my heart right now. So my heart is on fire. Elvira. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend. Gidia. Gidia. I gotta wait for that. Oh yeah. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys, who turns 83 today. Friend in Baxter in the morning. Alright, here we are doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It's January the 12th, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you.
2: Good morning, Arkansas! This is
0: Country Music News <laughs> on Brandon Baxter in the morning.
2: You didn't like hot too. It was yeah, painful, actually. We have country music news today on Thomas Rhett.
0: What can I say when you had a pulse up And the windows down?
7: Falling fast in and-
2: so Thomas Brett and his wife, Lauren, are taking a break from having babies. Well, good grief. I guess they have. <laughs> I know. When I read that, I was like, hang on, because I know they have four daughters under the age of six. Oh. Get this. All right. So they have Willa Gray. Okay. Now she's adopted from Uganda. She's six. Ada James is four. Lennon Love is almost two. And little Car- uh, Lily Carolina is just two months old. God. So Thomas says that he and Lauren have really had to be honest with each other and have decided to take a pause like for four or five years and kind of just see, hey, let's see what this is going to be like. Um, But in in their hearts, they still feel like that they want to adopt more kids. So they just don't know when that's going to happen. But he says they do have an end goal. He says that he wants to be the person at the Thanksgiving dinner that has the biggest family. And the thing is, I don't uh, think he has pro- to try that hard.
1: <laughs> he's probably pretty think, much close.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he's headed wow. in that direction. So, uh, But anyway, I don't think we're going to see another baby from them from for just a second.
1: That's so, good news right yeah. there. All right. How about that? Uh, we have country music news today on Maren Morris. Bones
6: are good, the rest don't matter, yeah, the so Marin has a new song
1: out. We gave you a sneak peek on Friday when it came out. But it's from her upcoming uh, third studio album. Uh, they call this her most autobiographical song to date. And they were talking about some of the cool things in the song. Like the car mentioned in the very first verse is really her very first car, a Montero. She had a Montero Sport. And mm-hmm. she references that. She references the fact that she was struggling to make it and didn't know if it was going to work. Chasing country music. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, my church hit. And then 80s Mercedes and boom, she had a career that's referenced in the song Uh, they're selling. If you've seen the video, there's uh, some fuzzy dice, furry dice in there. And they're selling those as a merch right now on Marin's website. And there's also a point in there where they kind of recreated her teenage bedroom with all the references to the 90s. So if you go and you look at her bedroom scene, uh, that's going to be basically a recreation of what her bedroom Mm -hmm. at home was like, which is pretty cool. If you haven't heard the song Circles Around This Town, here's a sneak peek at new stuff from Maren Morris. from Marin Morris. It's called Circles Around This Town.
2: We have country music news today on The Chicks. CD,
1: All right, so
2: cool news for them. Bonnaroo 2022 is coming up in June. Takes place in Manchester, Tennessee, and it's this massive music festival, and they always have a ton of big headlines and bands that come in to perform. Yeah. Well, Country's gonna be represented at the event as well, just announced for Bonnaroo 2022. We have The Chicks. Yeah. We also have Allison Krauss.
1: Ooh, so Allison Krauss. Do you remember the song that Allison Krauss did? She did the remake of When You Say Nothing at All. That was one of my favorites.
2: The She's great. Great.
1: Okay, so it's Saying the chicks and Allison Crown. Yes,
2: yeah, so they're joining a lineup featuring headliners Machine Gun Kelly. Uh,
1: now we're in the backseat of the black car. Ooh. Going home Does that mean Megan City? Fox is going to be in Tennessee?
2: Of course, she's going to be at Bonnaroo. Uh, also at Bonnaroo 2022. Luda!
1: Ludacris <laughs> is going to be there. Yep. All right, that's awesome.
2: And then we also have Roddy Rich. <laughs>
5: 12, 12,
2: swap, the bells at the I just Their son's going to want to go <laughs> <laughs> I know that song, yeah, Roddy Rich. <laughs> also, the big one everybody's excited about yeah. Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac by life, you've never seen a woman by the
1: So it's Bonnaroo, you and it happens gone, in Tennessee Manchester, go, Tennessee I noticed the website's up
2: so it happens June 16th through 19th and the website's up and you can go there and you can look for tickets, general admission, just to kind of throw that out for you. 320 general admission. That's for four days. Okay. Uh, four day general admission plus, that's 550 okay. For a VIP four day, $1,250. And for a platinum four day, $3,500.
1: You get to perform for that, I hey. guess. <laughs> Who knows? You can find out more at com. That's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club.
6: Hey, welcome back, everybody.
1: Powered
0: by Family Zinc.
6: We'll get back to the show.
1: Now
0: back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: We're joined this morning by the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. He is Dr. Feelgood himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Our buddy, your friend and mine, Dr. Shane Spice. Oh all right, he's the one
0: call.
1: the He's gonna be your Frankenstein. I got one thing you'll understand. Doctor Strange. All right, <laughs> uh,
3: that never gets old. Never gets old. I saw on social <laughs> yeah. media. I posted a picture
1: with you. Uh, you know, we went in and, and you helped um, with me and my wife and Kai and everybody and really my whole family. Uh, but I saw one of the comments on social media was that every time somebody reads your name, they hear us doing that song. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so
1: good. I'm here for a visit today at the NYIT Clinic. May I see Dr. Dr. Shane's <laughs> See? That's good, man. That's branding. Hey, one of Kelly's friends, they brought up something that was kind of interesting, and uh, and we've dealt with it here at the radio station as well. What is it? Why does it seem like everybody is sick with something right now?
3: <laughs> because everybody is sick with something right now. So let Well, let's break that down. First of all, um this is this is kind of typically the quote the sixth season. So let's take COVID out of it. Let's just say let's just say that COVID is not even part of this conversation. Right. This is the general time when you get a lot of people with runny nose, cough, congestion, and eh, I don't feel good. Maybe a little bit of a upset stomach or, you know, something like that, right. this is kind of the general time for that. Just because it's cold outside, people are, are, you know, in close proximity, that's the way disease spreads. And so way back in the summer, we, we knew, you know, of course, we were getting coming off of Delta, we knew that we were going to see an uptick. I think we even talked about this, like mm-hmm. we're going to see an uptick in, in illness and certainly in COVID cases. Now, this Omicron virus has made it much worse because. Right it is five and a half more times transmissible than Delta was. And we talked about how contagious Delta was. And now Omicron just spreads like wildfire. And when you think about the common symptoms, when we look at the common symptoms for somebody with Omicron, it's runny nose, congestion, headache, fatigue, sore throat. Mm -hmm. Those are the most common symptoms that people report. And they occur about three days after exposure. Now, there are other viruses out there, too, We've got lots of viruses that cause kind of what we call the common cold, adenoviruses, rhinoviruses. There's actually here a couple of weeks ago, there was a a childhood virus floating around. If if any of the listeners had kids that maybe had uh, a day or two of of nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, that was a different virus that was floating around. And so this is kind of the 60s. And and again, influenza to that, there's just a whole host of viruses.
1: But it's so crazy because like I look back, you know, I got sick around uh, December 30th and really didn't start feeling my best until probably Monday. Right. And then uh, Kai got sick and and both of us, we came to you and we said, hey, get, get us tested because we feel like this is probably Omicron. And I think when you look at the symptoms, it looks like Omicron. Is there any chance that I did have Omicron and just didn't test positive? Or is it really like They're so common. This really was just a virus.
3: So, yes, it is possible. It is. It absolutely is possible. Certainly, when we talk about the practice of medicine, it is not 100%. It really isn't. And there's a lot of things that we have to take on a case-by-case basis. And the doctor has to look at an individual patient's symptoms and their scenario and exposures and all those things to come up with, hopefully, a correct diagnosis. But in in your uh, situation, let's talk about that for a second. So, Uh first of all, the FDA has now come out and said in terms of the rapid test, and Omicron may not be as sensitive. So if you're hearing about people that are testing negative on a rapid test, but testing positive on a PCR, that's not as uncommon as we thought it would be. And remember what happened, and this is the same thing with the vaccines. We're using the same testing platform we used when COVID first came out. And so we didn't adjust the test to just pick up Omicron. It takes... Months and months to do that, and this virus has changed too quickly for us to be able to do that. Now, it does, it's one of those things that if you do test positive on a rapid, you have COVID. Let me be clear about that. Okay. If you test positive on a rapid, the chance of a false positive is 0.05 percent, so oh, very no. low. Yeah. So, if you test positive, you've got it. If you test negative, it doesn't mean you don't have it, it just means you really need a PCR. Now, if the PCR is negative, you feel pretty sure that you didn't have COVID. Okay. Um, it, it could be that you had it, but you got to feel pretty sure on the PCR test.
1: So in a situation like that, cause my PCR came back negative as well. Um, mm-hmm. Is is that going to be like, okay, it had to be within a certain window of time of me being sick, or is the PCR going to be a lot more reliable, even for a longer period of time?
3: The PCR test is more reliable for a longer period of time. It'll pick up what we call viral particles and uh, basically viral pieces. And so, the, if you were still in some more of a shedding period, it should have picked up on it. Gotcha. Um, the other piece, too, is your son. You know, if, if you got everybody in the family who was tested, yeah, maybe their, their antigen test, the rapid test was negative. But if they all had negative PCRs, you could feel pretty good that it probably wasn't Omicron, even though it sounded like it. But remember, the symptoms I just rattled off, I mean, those sound like, uh, you know, a tough cold for most people.
1: Right. So in a situation like uh, the rapid comes back and it comes back negative. Right. So, hey, uh, that's good news because it comes back negative. You go back to trying to live your normal life thinking this is just a virus. And then, you know, two or three days later, you get the word that the PCR was positive. Is that causing part of the issue is that people kind of get the negative rapid and they believe that's it and they go back out and then infect other people unknowingly.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. You, you hit the nail on the head there. And that's what. And, it, and I get it. This is confusing. I mean, it's, I mean, I do this. I mean, obviously, along with running a medical school, I do this and look at this stuff almost every day. And it's hard for me sometimes to keep up. I feel embarrassed. I'll have my kid who say, hey, Dad, did you hear about this new variant? And somewhere else, I'm like, no, I don't think I caught that one. So I can't imagine for the average person to be able to stay abreast of all of these CDC changes and wait a minute, now it's this and not that. It is difficult. Um, You know, we're trying to keep up with how the virus changes. And so that requires us to shift our thinking sometimes as we have new information.
1: I've known uh, now a number of different people who had, uh, it's kind of a wild, they got COVID, then they got vaccinated with both doses of the vaccine, but no booster. And now they have COVID again. This has happened in our our family slash friend group in the last week. It's happened two times already where somebody's had COVID, actual COVID twice, and they're vaccinated. Why is that?
3: Yeah. So, what? Again, this goes all goes back to um, how the virus has changed, and it's changed so much genetically that that it's hard for your body to pick up on it. So, let's say you got the original strain of COVID, and you know, here's the deal: you get infected with COVID, the original strain, you're pretty good in terms of immune response and and re, uh, redu- reduced risk of being reinfected with that same strain. Okay. But now, when the virus changes and it genetically changes, now all of a sudden. Yeah, there's some immunity there. And your body's like, hey, I think I recognize that, but I'm not sure. Um, as it gets further and further away from that original strain, your body doesn't recognize it as much. And that's how you get that that's how you get multiple infections with COVID with different strains. And we're seeing that. Someone who got infected with the original strain of COVID, their protection is only like nineteen percent wow. against Omicron. If you got both doses of the vaccine, and remember The vaccine was based on the original strain of COVID. We haven't changed the vaccine at all. It's still the original vaccine based on the original strain of COVID. If you got both doses of, let's say, Moderna or Pfizer, one shot of J&J, you've only got like 33 to 50% protection. Well, that's not really. And when I say protection, I mean from symptoms. I mean from getting a runny nose, cough, congestion. There's still really good protection, like 70% protection from hospitalization or severe illness, which is... In, in by and large what you want. Yep. But if you get the booster, now all of a sudden you're up to seventy five, eighty percent from even having symptoms. Right? You know, or maybe your symptoms are only mild, maybe it's just a runny nose. And you know, I just I kinda of felt like I had something for twenty four hours but it was gone. That may have been Omicron for those people that had full vaccination plus the booster. But but again I need I want people to realize we're still using the same vaccines that right. we used, that we started, you know, when they first got approved. The vaccines haven't been changed but the virus has changed.
1: So, will the vaccines change as we go forward?
3: Yes, absolutely will. Matter of fact, there's two vaccines now that are in, that they're working on. One's actually coming out through the military through Walter Reed, and another one through through a uh, private industry. And it's got these are more what we say um, uh, variant proof, so to speak. They target a different area of the virus that doesn't seem to change as much. Like right now, we t- you've heard us talk about the spike protein, and yep. that. You know how the virus really invades your body, and invades your cells. The new vaccines target a different part of the virus, not the spike protein that doesn't change as often. And so, ideally, those are better vaccines to be able to, if you, you know, regardless of the variant, the vaccine will still protect you at a high level. And 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 again, one more piece on the vaccines. I think people miss. They said, "Well, the vaccine didn't work. I got sick." No, 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 no. When you look at the data, if you were fully vaccinated, again, you still have significant protection from being hospitalized in the ICU um, or or death than someone who's unvaccinated. There's great data out of actually out of Florida, Miami-Dade County, and they've got data on unvaccinated, vaccinated, and then vaccinated with a booster. And it's just a very clear picture. I can shoot that to you. It's a really good graphic to show, oh, okay, you can tell the protection that being vaccinated and have a booster is doing for those that are being hospitalized.
1: Yeah. And my deal is, Hey, I'm cool. If I get the symptoms of, of a cold, I don't want to be in the hospital, you know, and that's the deal. Absolutely. That's where we all want to be. Uh, A lot of people are thinking that because so many people are getting sick and because Omicron is, is so widespread that this could be at least closing in on the, the beginning of the end of the pandemic. Does it look like this virus is continuing to mutate or are we getting close to like maybe Omicron's, uh, last-ditch effort?
3: You know, and that's a great question. And, and those conversations, you're right, those conversations are happening right now amongst scientists, researchers, medical professionals across the world. And and I'm reading articles like, hey, is this Omicron really a bad thing? Because for the most part, it, part, it seems to be milder, yet it provides immunity once you get infected. Uh, now, let me be clear, we still have people certainly being hospitalized and dying from Omicron, but it's not near the rate that we saw with Delta. So maybe it's just we're getting used to, you know, to to all these people getting infected and the hospital, high hospitalization. You know, we're seeing that here. We're seeing unprecedented uh, numbers of hospitalizations just here in the state of Arkansas, but also across the country. But yes, I do think it will help in terms of some immunity. Really, the best thing that people can do is obviously be vaccinated, fully vaccinated and get the booster. Right. And then you get the mild symptoms, but you get the full immunity from from being infected. Everybody's sick right now. Like you said, if you don't you're not sick yourself, you know somebody that was sick right. or that was sick recently. Um, so it's certainly widespread. Um, viruses do mutate. This virus continues to mutate, but it's a roll of the dice, whether it's going to get you know, stronger and it's going to be a worse you know, a uh, variant or if it's going to get better, you know, with the Omicron variant, I mean, yes, it was far more transmissible. Everybody's getting sick, but it's not near as what we say virulent, or it's not near as hard on you. as like the Delta variant was. Right. And so in, in that respect, you know, yeah, a lot more people get get it, but they're not being hospitalized. So it's kind of a trade-off.
1: So we hear a lot of people saying, have we hit the peak? When is the peak going to be? Is it this week? Is it next week? Is it the final week of January? Uh, based on data you're seeing from other countries, how close are we to being at the peak of Omicron?
3: So if you look at, and really that's all we have to go with, is to look at other countries. But if you look at uh, other countries and places that have already had Omicron, specifically um, South Africa. So that, uh, South Africa is where it started. And so in South Africa, it started really like the first of, um, of, I think it was the first of November is when it started there. November 14th is when it started there. They peaked almost exactly 30 days. They peaked like November or December 15th is when they peaked. Right. So it was almost exactly 30 days. For us here in Arkansas, we really start seeing an uptick about the middle of December, um, you know, about the 18th or so of December. Theoretically, we should peak in the next week. Okay. That's in theory. Now, we'll then you know, be on the downside of it then, and, and we'll still have high numbers, but I'd, hopefully they start to go down when should we really be on the backside of this Omicron? You know, fingers crossed sometime by the middle of February, toward the end uh-huh. of February, you know, we should be in a better place. But based on the data we're seeing now, we should hit our peak within 30 days of when we started. And like I said, that was about the middle of December when we really start seeing an uptick here here in Arkansas.
1: I want to compliment you, and I want to tell you a conversation that we had after we dealt with you because, and again, we've said this on the air multiple different times, But and I said this on my social media as well, Dr. Spites has been there really since we started dealing with the pandemic to to educate us. And then we had the pandemic hit our family directly with Leslie's grandparents. And then uh, Leslie ended up with COVID. And then I was worried that I had it and we needed to get Kai tested. And uh, Kai was only comfortable going to Dr. Shane Spites. He said, I want to go see Shane. Uh, And when we got him to you and the way that you dealt with him and your team dealt with him, I just, I mean – It's rare to see somebody um, who who listens to kids the way you were listening Mm -hmm. to kids and then is still explaining uh, the virus to me and to Leslie, but also to Kai to making him feel comfortable to the point where where my son at the age of 12 had to be tested with the rapid, the PCR, and he had to have uh, a flu test. And because he was so comfortable in the setting with Shane, um, you know, he he wasn't freaking out. And I just really appreciate the fact that you've been so hands-on and so great to – to my family, and to so many other people in Northeast Arkansas, because your information is helping a lot of people.
3: Well, I, I appreciate that. You, you need to know, in all honesty, I would much rather be in the clinic seeing patients than what yeah. I yeah. yeah. Uh, every day for the most part, because I just uh, I have a heart for medicine. I love medicine. I work. I love teaching medicine. Um, I, I was blessed to be able to, be, uh, to work for a while for UAMS and be able to work with the residency program. I loved working with residents. I love teaching medical students. Um, really, the day to day administrative stuff of a medical school is not not that fun. Sure, um, but but yeah, certainly taking care of you and your family those are the, those are the highlights of my day for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean we it was a we super super great experience with the doctor, and can't brag on you enough about that. We appreciate that. We appreciate the whole team at the NYIT clinic, which is right there on the campus of Arkansas State as well. Because for some people, they don't realize that this is a clinic just like any other clinic that they can go to, and I think people need to know that your team is ready at all times.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, we just, and it was kind of a slow start, obviously, um, during COVID is when we started opening that. You know, we had to get the medical school started first, but then we've got all these faculty, these physicians that teach, you know, pediatricians, OB-GYN, infectious disease, all these, you know, family medicine, all these specialists. Well, they also are required to see patients. And so, because it doesn't do you any good to have somebody in front of you that's teaching you about medicine that doesn't actively practice medicine. Right. So we require all of our faculty to have a clinical practice, and to do that, we need to set up a practice. And so, we were lucky to work with Arkansas State University and be able to to put it there on the on the campus there um, next to the stadium.
1: Yeah, so it's the NYIT clinic right there, a part of uh, the campus of Arkansas State. If you guys are looking for a new physician, Dr. Shane Spites. he helps oversee everything <laughs> that runs through uh, NYIT. The um, and it's such a great deal. But he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Feelgood himself, Dr. Shane Spites. And we appreciate you, man.
3: Thank you, guys. Hope you have a safe uh, rest of your week. Um, wear your mask.
1: Yeah, wear the mask <laughs> and hopefully nobody else gets sick, okay? We're going to cross that's our right, fingers for that. That's all right. We'll see you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Shane Spites on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Family Z.
0: You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning,
2: right here
0: on the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services.
1: Joined this morning by Jordan Griffin from the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas. Good morning, Jordan. How are you?
5: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this
1: morning. You feel healthy today because uh, we were talking to Dr. Shane Spites a few minutes ago, and it seems like just about everybody's had something over the last couple of weeks.
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely feeling pretty good, healthy, uh, no complaints on my end.
1: Good. So uh, tell me about the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas, and this event that's happening two weeks from today. It's called the Acre of Hope, and it includes free food, uh, not free food, it includes food from Mel's drive-thru. Uh, why is now such an important time to help the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas?
5: Yeah, with the new year, we really need the help more than ever. There's about 19% um, percent of all of Northeast Arkansas that live in food insecure households. That's about 70,000 people in our mm. area that don't know where their next meal is coming from. So it's just always important to give back and help your neighbors in need.
1: You know, I think sometimes we take it for granted because like my discussion whenever I'm leaving work is typically, hey, what are we going to have for lunch? You know, we can kind of go get what we want or what are we going to have for dinner? That's like a normal argument. But for some people, it's just like, are we going to have lunch? And when you think about that, we really take life for granted.
5: Yes, it's definitely something that I know all of us take for granted. And, you know, there's one in four children in our area that don't know where their next meal is coming from. Wow. So that's a crazy statistic to me. So we're doing everything we can to help um, Northeast Arkansas.
1: So the Acre of Hope uh, benefit, the fundraiser that's coming up to benefit the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas. Uh, you get the food two weeks from today. And when you're talking about food and you're talking about steak from meals, that sounds like a win right there.
5: Yes, absolutely. Mel's um, tickets are fifty dollars. The last day to purchase is this Friday, January fourteenth. Mel's steak dinner comes with all the fixings, like your dirty rice, your baked potato, your corn on the cob, Texas toast, and a huge ribeye steak. So, yeah, um, definitely worth getting.
1: No, I've had Mel's before, and it's really, really good. And and the deal is, I was looking at this and thinking, oh my gosh, this is a, a great meal. Number one. And number two, we're helping a great cause. So if people want to take advantage and and uh, place their order, how can they do that?
5: Yeah, so they can give us a call here at the Food Bank at 870-932-3663. Or you can visit our website and purchase tickets directly on our website. You'll go to the Special Events tab and find Acre of Hope.
1: Again, it's the Acre of Hope. It is for the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas. And you get your food two weeks from today, Wednesday, January the 26th. Jordan, where are people going to be picking up their Mel's dinner?
5: Yeah, so you'll come directly to the food bank, see where we're located, and pick up times will be from 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m.
1: Man. See, one of my favorite things to do, like whenever we're talking about uh, fundraisers and stuff like that, like I'm not the guy who wants to have to go, you know, and and like work real hard. If I think I get to eat good food and I get to help a good cause, that seems like the ultimate win right there.
5: Yeah, just think about, you know, you've got dinner stalls for January 26th. sixth. Don't even have to get out of your car. We'll deliver your meal directly to your car window.
1: There you go. Again, you can find out more at foodbankofnea.org or on the Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas Facebook page. It's the Acre of Hope with the Food for meals on January 26th. And Jordan Griffin joins us live this morning. Jordan, we appreciate your time.
5: Awesome. Yeah, it's a pr- thanks for having me again.
1: All right. Have a great morning.
5: All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right
2: here.
0: On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services.
1: We're joined this morning by Lauren Brown, who's representing the Northeast Arkansas Children's Advocacy Center. Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I see uh, your title is you are the community education specialist. So that would seem to indicate that I can tell you I need to know everything about the uh, Children's Advocacy Center and you'd be the best person to talk to. Yes, sir. So for people maybe who don't know uh, what the Northeast Arkansas Children's Advocacy Center does, how would you describe uh, your organization?
6: So we provide um, services to children of neglect and severe ab- severe abuse. Um, so when a call comes in from the child abuse hotline, um, we have what's called a multidisciplinary team. And that's your law enforcement, your therapist, um, civilian investigators with DCFS and CACD. Right. And all the the CAC is kind of a hub for that. So the child can come there for what's called a forensic interview. Um, and the family is provided with services, advocacy services, mental health, and a forensic exam if need be.
1: And I think that's so, something. On
6: or on or on go ahead sorry
1: no that's just something that you know unfortunately we don't really want to think about on a daily basis we don't want to think about these situations but if this organization is in northeast arkansas that means there is a need in northeast arkansas
6: correct and unfortunately that it like you said it is a need um it's a large need and um we're a nonprofit so we look to the community um, for for help and um, that's well we, we need it
1: Nobody ever plans to have to go through a situation like that, right? Nobody ever wants to think that their child or their grandchild or their niece or nephew is going to have to be in a situation where this is a need. But if something were to happen, if the need were to arise, you want to know there's an organization that has their stuff together that can help you through the process. And that's exactly what the Northeast Arkansas Children's Advocacy Center is going to do. So there's an event coming up we wanted to let people know about. I know you've been planning the masquerade ball for a number of years now and we're yes. cro- we're crossing our fingers that we get to have the the real event this year in
6: 2022. Yes. Uh so it's the masquer yes, the masquerade ball, it's gonna be on April twenty sixth at six o'clock. Um you can purchase tickets on our website at uh, northeast N E A C A C dot net. Okay. You go all the way to the bottom on the right and it says donate now and you can purchase tickets that way. We also have opportunities for businesses to sponsor, and um, we have several different levels, all from a hundred dollars up to two thousand. Right. Um, and each right. one comes with different, you know, benefits for the sponsor. Um, if they want more information on that, they can um, email a director or me um, at our email addresses: Amanda at neacac.net or Lauren at neacac.net. Right.
1: So let's talk about the masquerade, uh, the masquerade event, the masquerade ball that's going to be happening at the Embassy Suites. What's the vision behind this? Because obviously, I remember—I think it was either last year or the year before—there uh, was a big, a big article in Occasions Magazine that showed kind of what you wanted this to look like. And because of COVID, we didn't get to have the event. But if you were going to paint the picture for what for what this event looks like, how would you describe it? Um,
6: hopefully, a huge success. <laughs>
1: um,
6: just a a night of. Um, you know getting t- people to un- uh, I'm so sorry um, people getting to um learn about what the CAC does right. um
1: and, and we get to dress up and be a part of that too right
6: correct yes it's a black tie affair it's a masquerade ball but um you get to dress up and just, you know in your best Yeah. You come and it's a good uh, a dinner um there's going to be a live band um there's going to be a keynote speaker and um going to be a a good night and hopefully a huge success for
1: the CAC. And again, you can find out more if you go to neacac.net or if you're on Facebook, you can search NEA Children's Advocacy Center. It is the Masquerade Ball. It's happening at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center and it's the biggest fundraiser for the Children's Advocacy Center. Hey Lauren, we appreciate your time this morning and we hope you have a great day.
5: Yes,
0: thank
6: you. Y'all too.
1: All right, we'll
0: talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club.
6: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Z. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now, back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: We're joined this morning by Amy Wills, who's representing JA, the junior auxiliary of Jonesboro. Amy, how are you feeling this morning?
6: Good. How about you guys? We're good.
1: We're all right. We're finally recovering from, uh, from a little bit of sickness. It seems like everybody I know has been sick at some point over the last month.
6: It really does.
1: Everyone at some point. How's your family?
6: You know, we managed to have all of this the week, the two weeks before Christmas, and so oh good, fantastic. <laughs> not the ideal time, but now everyone's back to normal. So that's great.
1: Hey, it's yeah. kind of a good time for you to be back to normal because here we're sitting, we're just a little more than a month away from charity ball, which legit is one of the biggest fundraising events. One of the prettiest events that happens in Northeast Arkansas. And uh, guess what? In 2022, you're the person stirring the drink. What does that feel like?
6: It's a lot. It's exciting. I'm so excited about that because in 2022, we also get to be back in person. So it's it's overwhelming. It's exciting. I'm ready for it.
1: I think that's one of the things that that we've even even discussed internally is, uh, you know, hey, J.A. wants to do charity ball and they have. Uh, the big vision for getting it back to normal. But we've all been, you know, we watch the news, we talk to Dr. Spites, and and we see the information that's out there. How do you plan on on planning an event, an executing event, uh, when there's all this uncertainty and people wondering what's up?
6: Well, you know, last year, we did have to go completely virtual. And so that one kind of threw us off a little bit of, okay, we we weren't ready for this at all, right? Um, but we learned a lot in the process. And so it's helped us to really take, parts of our event where we can, you know, do things more virtual um, so we can minimize touch points right. throughout all of it. Um, so it's going to be kind of a hybrid. You know, we'll have digital components and, but everybody will get to see smiling faces and get dressed up yeah. and feel really good and safe and comfortable and all for a good cause.
1: Well see the thing is we've done a lot of events with you over over the years, and typically if you see me three hundred and sixty five days out of the year, I get dressed up twice. One is charity ball, the other is the prom fashion show. Yeah. Other than that, it's jeans and t shirts. So if people want to see me dressed up or Kelly dressed up, <laughs> pretty much you gotta yeah. be at Charity Ball this year, <laughs> right?
6: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's the best reason to be there, right? It's oh, to see you guys dressed up.
1: Of course it is. <laughs> hey, so when you're when you're planning an event like this, and I know there's a bunch of people who are part of JA and a bunch of people who contribute their time and, and their energy. Um, when it ends up and you're the chair and you're sitting here talking to, to the group of people and you're making decisions, how did we end up with this year's theme?
6: Oh, my goodness. It was not easy to come up with <laughs> because you don't want it to be something that someone else is, you know, touched on or something that is almost too cheesy um but we knew we wanted it to be something fun and bright and colorful and so we landed on havana knot and so they've really gone over the top (laughs) with decorations and their whole vision for the thing so it's going to be lots of bright colors lots of lights. it's going to be really really
1: great and again, this is happening on Saturday, February the nineteenth, at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. So, a shout out to our friend Craig Pomerinke and his entire crew. It's going to be a beautiful place to have this. There's going to be dancing and music at the end too, right?
6: Yeah, we're going to have the band Almost Famous again this year, so that'll be wonderful.
1: Yep. So we um, let's we get there. Let's let's set the scene. We walk in, right? We get into this big, beautiful ballroom. And I get there early, and you know, because I, I know how this is going to be. I want to uh, start having fun pretty much as soon as I get there. Is that something that's allowed? Like, as soon as we walk in, boom, it's time to have a good time?
6: Yes, absolutely. You know, we had in 2020, there was a, a gaming area. So you yeah. can go in there, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you can do that as soon as you walk in. Um, there, you can find your friends. The band will be playing. So, yeah. We come in ready to go.
1: And it really is. It Like, you know, you, you think about uh, events and, and charity events. This is really a fun event to go to because, again, you're going to see people get all dressed up. People that you know who typically don't get all dressed mm-hmm. up. Everybody's dressed up and their hair and their makeup's done and my makeup's done as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> we talk about uh, the, the auctions because Kelly and I have had the chance to host the auction in the past. You guys get some really amazing stuff to auction off at Charity Ball.
6: Yes, we've got and people get so creative with what they donate. So we've got a lot of cool things for the auctions this year too. So, so there's we might start getting some sneak peeks
1: ooh. in the coming weeks. So, so if people want to go, tickets uh, they can get those tickets right now. Am I correct?
6: Yes, absolutely. You can check out our website. It's jaJonesboro.org, or even easier, you can just text JA.
1: Three six six two eight three. Three six six two eight three. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and and I, I was looking at this again because I remember a number of years ago when we got to go that you had worked out a deal where people had rides to charity ball. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking this is a brilliant thing because if you know you know mama and daddy or or boyfriend and girlfriend want to go out and have a good time but they want to be safe and and all that stuff, you guys have really worked it out where it's a, it's an awesome way to get to charity ball.
6: Yes. Uh, Empire Transportation does that for us. And so you can make arrangements for them to pick you up Uh, at the end of the evening. They do rides for anyone and everyone so that everyone gets
1: home safe. It's just, they're phenomenal. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and book that right now just to make sure I'm locked in. (laughs) Uh, But again, it's JA, Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro, and there's 12 service projects that JA works with. Can you kind of give us an overview of why this is an important organization for our community?
6: Oh my gosh! We so we do twelve service projects that cover kids in every single area of our county. Um, we have scholarships, growth enrichment, times tales, growing healthy. There's just so many. We've given out over a million dollars in scholarship money since 1958. Just it's we touch a lot of people in Craighead County, and so it's just so important, especially now because you know last year we didn't. Have as many opportunities to go into the schools to work with these kids, um, which it was phenomenal to watch because our members got so creative and they were, they're just so dedicated to helping. So they got creative with how they were going to be able to continue these service projects. And so nothing stopped at any point. Um, They just changed a little. And so we want to be able to continue being able to work with these kids in the capacity that we're able to, and that we keep them safe, but, We're still enriching their lives and meeting them where they need us.
1: I think it's awesome. It's the 51st annual J.A. Charity Ball. It happens at the Embassy Suites on Saturday, February the 19th. You can get tickets right now, Jajonesboro.org. It's Jonesboro's reason to get dressed up and look all pretty. It is Charity Ball. And, Amy, we appreciate your time this morning, and uh, we're looking forward to this event with you.
6: Well, thank you guys so much.
1: All right, tell your family we said hello, okay?
6: Will do. Bye, guys. Bye
0: you're listening to brandon baxter in the morning
6: right here
0: on the big 107.9 k-fine and this is the k-fine breakfast club powered by families inc counseling services
1: all right time for wet nose wednesday with the man you need need. he is dr kevin reed he is man's best friend he is our best friend oh Oh, sorry And he is the veteran. And he's getting choked up, everyone. I'm so emotional, and he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program, Dr. Kevin Reed from vet care. Welcome back on, Doc. How are you this morning?
4: Good morning, good morning.
1: I was so disappointed uh Kelly, I was telling Kevin here a second ago. I was so disappointed to drive by his house, and his Christmas lights are down. He had outside of Christmas at the park the second best display in northeast Arkansas really i'm pretty- I'm pretty sure you had the second best display, Kevin. <laughs>
4: I don't know about that, but I think I had the largest magnolia tree lit up in Jonesboro with Christmas lights.
1: We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and you mentioned how the crew, the team who did your uh, lights, how they got to the top of your tree. So the next time I drove by and I I noticed how big the tree was, I don't know how they got up there either.
4: I don't either, because they just used a little A-frame ladder, and they must have had an extender or something that they could loop those higher lights around because they obviously they didn't use a bucket truck for sure but they just used a you know a regular a-frame ladder
1: that's crazy so anyway we're not here to yeah. talk about christmas lights we're here to get you uh to get you uh your information out to people and let people know uh, the things going on with our pets our dogs and our cats and and how vet care is right there to help people with all of their pet health needs and of course your maintenance with your pet as well so kevin what do you have for us this morning in your education piece well this is
4: not so much about health education. It's just the reality. And and I just saw this. It actually came out yesterday that there was a study done by Synchrony Bank that unveiled uh, some pretty staggering findings about the lifetime cost of pet ownership. And it even opened my eyes up. I mean, I know you know with the technology that has come about in veterinary medicine and you know the the rising healthcare you know medical costs that we see every year for medications and uh you know I know the expenses have have increased over the since I've been in the business almost 39 years right and um but this was a, a study called the lifetime of care and it revealed some pretty interesting things. Number one, and we've known this all along, that seven out of ten pet owners consider their pets as family members. Oh, sure. And, yes. and you know, that's that's part of it. You know, I get calls, I had a message yesterday that said, you know, thank you for taking care of our pets. They're they're you know, our children. Yeah. And and that's how a lot of us are. Um but you know, nearly half of these people surveyed, and it was like twelve hundred pet parents and a hundred veterinarians in this study. Nearly half underestimated the lifetime cost of care and and these numbers are are pretty eye opening and they can range from twenty thousand to fifty five thousand dollars for dogs, and that's oh, over their wow. lifetime, which you know you would consider that about fifteen years and fifteen thousand to forty five thousand dollars for cats
3: wow and
4: uh you know when you think about that that's that's pretty uh, amazing and and you know you divide that out. At the upper end, you know, for cats, three thousand a year. For dogs, almost uh, four thousand dollars a year. And of course, the the lower cost would be, you know, not including health insurance or wellness plans or other non-basic expenses like grooming. And uh, but the higher cost would include the initial cost like spaying and neutering your pet, the technology cost for you know, lab work, uh, diagnostics like X rays, even C T scans and and the life expense, you know, including cremations and, and mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um and, and uh, you know, their basic needs, you know, food. Uh you know, food can run almost a dollar a day, uh depending on the size of your of your pet. And um what's amazing is it, it tells us that you know, almost 90 million US homes have a pet, which, you know, is almost a third of the pet uh, of the household or a third of the people. I don't know how many homes there are, but 300 million people in the United States, 90 and a half million homes. So, you know, that's probably close to 50 to 60% at least, or even more uh, that have a pet. And we do know that during the pandemic, it's estimated that one in five households gained a new companion animal. Right. So you figure 20% of households across the United States in this pandemic is going on for two years. They, you know, and we see we see an uptick in the number of uh, pets that we see. Uh, uh, people that have already had one or multiple pets, you know, acquired a new pet. Brandon, you and, fit this uh,
1: statistic. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> That's crazy. Um,
4: and so you know. <laughs> It's amazing, uh, you know, pet insurance is out there. I have several clients that have pet insurance, and it's amazing what pet insurance will cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is that upfront cost, that's, uh, you know, on an ongoing ba- basis, just like our cost. But when sometimes you're looking at, um, you know, considerable expenses for your pets, for procedures, um, you know, that insurance can really help offset that over over their lifetime, which can be, you know, 15 years. So uh it was kind of interesting to read this study and uh know that uh, you know we do what we can to keep pet you know health uh maintenance costs down but like i said probably the medical infa- inflation cost overall is 6 to 7% a year and that affects us too because sure. we buy you know we buy the uh syringes and needles and anesthetic agents and uh medication And, uh, you know, it it continues to trend upward as far as the cost. And uh, um, it's just one of the realities of owning a pet. But it it opened my eyes, too, because I would have never guessed that. I would have guessed maybe half of that um, as a lifetime expense. So it just, you know, be prepared, you know, things that come up um, unexpectedly. You know injuries, illnesses uh, it's really worthwhile looking into pet insurance to to maybe have that on the front end for a pet and to help uh, help offset some of the some of the cost
1: man see I never even have considered that, and we have three dogs mm-hmm. I mean so if there's anybody who probably needs to look into pet insurance, it's probably my house. If people are looking for that Kevin is there is there a place they can go? Is there a company you recommend?
4: You know there's very good companies out there um there's and i've seen good websites that rank these pet insurances and of course you know if you get like wellness plans that cover routine lab work and vaccination costs you're going to pay more per month sure. per pet if you get just a you know more of an accident and illness plan it's going to be less uh but i'd recommend going to one of the websites just you know type in pet insurance and there'll be a lot of comparison websites that you know will compare apples to apples and and uh you know choose choose those uh, most for the most part uh you know these websites have customer client reviews on them read through those and uh you know see you know read the fine print on what it's going to cover and what your uh, deductible expense will be and uh you know just go from there but uh, you know it's uh, I, I know some of my clients that have pet insurance and have have had issues come up with their pet, pets you know, they've been really pleased that they purchased that on
1: the front end. Does the breed of the dog make any difference in the cost of uh, the insurance?
4: Usually not the breed so much. Um, it's age-based, age uh, okay. just like, you know, health insurance with people. You know, older pets are going to have more issues. Uh, younger pets are going to be healthier in most cases. A lot of these will exclude uh, congenital problems, you know, issues that health issues that the pet may be born with. Uh, but again, you know, each, each insurance company and policy is different. So you just have to really do your research and read the fine print, but it's more age, not so much breed related, but age related.
1: There you go. He gives us all this great information every single week with wet nose Wednesday. He is the man you need. need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Find out more. At vet care.com and on Facebook, you can search Vet Care Jonesboro. And Dr. Reed, as always, we appreciate Wet Nose Wednesday, man.
4: Hey, it's great talking to you. Have a great rest of the week. All
1: right, you too. Dr. Kevin Reed on the K Fine Breakfast Club which is powered by Family Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this
4: is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome
6: back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and
1: Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Lori Cartwright in the studio with us this morning. It's good to see you could make it to work today.
7: <laughs> I make it to work every day, thank you. You do? Just maybe not by 8 o'clock. I
1: didn't, I didn't think anybody on the other side had to, like it was official, you had to come to work.
7: Yes, we do have to come to work. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, I'll tell you. At, no, 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 you're no, not. no, no. At, at uh, ten to eight this morning, I was like hustling my dogs to get them in the kennel, and like, oh, I got to hurry. I got to be over there.
5: <laughs>
1: See, yeah, you got to get to work, right? Yeah. All right. So, if anybody knows Lori, you know that she is definitely a hustler. Uh, she's here with us this, this morning. <laughs> Gosh. No, you yeah. you hard, know what? Her, but her the, you, the funny thing
7: is, is you're the second person to second person today to make a reference like that. Who oh.
1: <laughs> was the first?
7: I'm not even going to.
1: <laughs> you want to talk about an after-show podcast? Oh wait, it
7: was Stanley Stickler.
1: Oh, he doesn't count. He does not count. He called you a hustler. No, he called me
7: something else. Oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, then I back Hell. him on that one. Shout out to our friend Stanley. He's a supporter of us. That's a good friend. Yeah, he is a good friend. Always there to <laughs> cut you down to make you feel dumb.
7: He's mo- more of a supporter of the margaritas at a certain restaurant. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: Stanley! Where is that? Because can we go?
7: Yeah, every Wednesday night we go.
1: What was you and Stanley
7: and Amy and a bunch of people? I'm yeah. just
1: checking. Where do you go? It's, it's Wednesday
7: a, night in Bono. Oh, really? Yeah. All right.
1: have, we, have we never been invited to this?
7: Probably not.
1: Well, could you invite us, maybe?
7: Hey, we'll be there around 5, 530
1: tonight. Okay, thank you. Hey, come really, on. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Seems very sincere. Uh, you're here today because uh, really, like the Bridal Expo, we got to make the announcement, the Bridal Expo is back, and uh, it's a really great event. We talk a lot about how this is, out of all the events that we do, it's one of my favorites. I think it's one of the prettiest events that we mm-hmm. do. Um, and really it always gets just a great response
7: it is also my favorite event that we do i love this we always have so much fun so our bridal expo we're going to have it on february 6th the neat thing about this because our vendor's been asking for years we're doing it on a sunday this year yeah. this is our first time ever to do it on a sunday it's at embassy suites mm-hmm. and it is presented by jessica's bridal informal so yeah, thank you great. jessica mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she's always supported this event, and the reason she supports it and is the presenting sponsor every year is because this is a huge event.
7: It is a huge event, and it's beautiful. We'll have it over at Embassy Suites, and when you walk in, it's just like, oh, it's so pretty in there. When we all get when everything gets all set up, the aesthetics,
2: like the flowers, walking in and, and seeing the flowers and dresses
1: everywhere, and it's really, really the light neat. shows from DJs yes. and cameras yes. and videographers and. There's food and like really everything we we say and we've said it forever. You can plan your entire wedding in one day and literally you really can because who has time in the middle of a pandemic to to spend weekend after weekend after Mm -hmm. weekend chasing down different stuff. You can come to the Bridal Expo. And literally walk through the Grand Ballroom, and you're going to run into everything that's a part of a wedding.
7: We've made a joke before and called it one-stop shopping, but yep. it really is, like you said, one-stop. And you can contact and talk to all these vendors. You get their information, and they're there to talk to you and walk you through things. And you can look at dresses and tucks and flowers and the videographers and cakes. <laughs> cakes. Well, venues, ke- food. cakes. <laughs> Kelly goes right for
1: the food. Yeah, no, <laughs> Definitely. And we typically do that. That's the reason we go to the event is if you remember last year, yes. uh, we stood by one of our vendor friends and just basically stood there and were eating his food the whole time. Yes. It was so good. <laughs> would that be Greg? No, that's Greg. Yes. <laughs> well, because he's like, would you guys like to eat? I'm like, I'm just yes. going to stand behind the table with yes. you, Greg. And Enjoy the food. So. You know,
7: and we have venues. So, mm-hmm. I mean, because now the venue is so important as you want to get the venue lined up and then move on from there.
1: Yeah. Well, it kind of starts with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's the Bridal Expo. And again, the event is happening on Sunday, February the 6th. We know a lot of people are busy on Saturdays with, you know, running kids mm-hmm. different directions. Sundays typically a little bit of an easier day for a lot of people. So, maybe it's after church, get the family together, go have, go have lunch or whatever, or have lunch at the Bridal Expo. And then swing in mm-hmm. and again plan your entire wedding in one day.
7: So, like you said, it's gonna be February sixth, Embassy Suites on Red Wolf. Um, it'll be eleven to four and we are gonna have lots of prizes too to give away that day.
1: Ooh, that's one Ooh. of the things that we're there yeah. for is we get to kind of MC and kind of host it. But at the same point, we're like, oh, this this business over here has given this prize, it's valued at five hundred dollars and and random, like you just walk in and you have the chance to win door prizes.
7: So before we went on air, didn't you tell me you wanted to get with Jessica and get a tux to wear that day?
1: For the Bridal Expo?
7: Uh-huh. I walk around and showcase men in me black. Up. Well, you were saying, <laughs> said,
2: thank you were you, saying that you looked really good no, I didn't in a tux.
7: Hey, he did. Uh, no, he I did said not. he looks his best in a tux. He did
1: say that. You, you know what's random? I believe we have an event that's going to happen on the 5th where we have to be dressed up, an event where we should be dressed up on the 6th, and then we have charity ball legit. So we might as well just get a tux. I might even buy a tux.
7: Ooh, oh. did you hear that?
1: I, I did hear it.
7: Okay. So, Seth, did you hear that? Seth, I'm recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here's the deal, though. With all the people that go there, and we know that you know, there's tons of brides that come through, and the mm-hmm. whole family comes in. Uh, And there is limited space inside the Grand Ballroom. Is there any room for any more booths or are they all spoken for at this point?
7: We do have room for booths. We do have a great setup going on right now. We have probably close to 35 plus booths and then... I'm sorry, vendors. And some of the vendors have multiple booths. So, right. but we do have plenty of room. And it's always funny because I always set back a couple of booth spaces because there's going to be people that come in like at five o'clock the night before going, oh, something canceled. Can I get in on that? Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. We have plenty of room for you.
1: So, the best way you can get the information on the Bridal Expo if you go to our website, kfine.com, kfin.com. K-F-I-N.com you have other contact information for people to reach out to y'all?
7: I believe my phone number is running in a promo.
1: <laughs> well, how about that? Reach out to the hustler herself.
7: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> she it's, did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
7: It's 930-0910. And the easiest way to remember it is it's...
1: 910. All right. <laughs> Lori Cartwright joins us this morning. Bridal Expo happens on a Sunday, February the 6th at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. Again, you can either call her directly or you can go to our website for information, which is kfine.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. If you missed any of the show today, the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc., you can go back and listen to the full show on the podcast, the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Podcast, available wherever. You get podcasts. Kelly Perry. What's on TV tonight?
2: The Price is Right at Night. What's on, on tonight? The series premiere of relatively famous ranch Rolls. Now get this. Okay. The kids of celebrities help reopen a ranch that was shut down during the pandemic. Now the cast includes the sons of Shaquille O'Neal, right. Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. wrestler Billy Gunn, uh, Ray Parker Jr., and then the daughters of Pat Benatar, Martin Lawrence, e z e, e and David Hasselhoff. Really? And you know if some of those stars have kind of, you know, they have their uh, their dramas, you know that the kids are probably going to have some of their drama as well.
1: Exactly. That should be fun to watch uh-huh. tonight.
2: Tonight, Chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus, and also, tonight's schedule includes Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Good Sam, The Chase, and Chicago PD.
1: Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.